when he answers the phone and Pam doesn't transfer the person and he says something ridiculous and she like lets him get it out of the system. Do you want to hear my, you don't want to hear my office take, so yeah, go into the, the episode. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, gentlemen, yeah. congratulations, the preseason is over. Oh, thank With, Christ almighty. Uh, I'm your co-host Raleigh, joined by co-host Kevin, Hello. joined by honorary co-host, recurring guest, Connard. Adam Conard is our... Can I say your full name? Yeah, it's not like we're dropping F. Well, I mean, me and Kevin are sometimes. Sorry, Mom. Um, he's a fantasy guru. He's an analytics G. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First off, what do we call this? The preseason's over, but the season hasn't started yet. We're in limbo, but Brown's limbo. So is that bingo? Bimbo. Lingo? Bimbo. I'm trying. Bronze limbo, whatever. This you, you this is the third annual Connard Fantasy Podcast episode, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you that have used his advice the last two years, I know you've done very well. Connard, who was the running back? Uh, what's his face for Jacksonville last year? I was like, who's the one sleeper? You're like, you've got to pick this guy up. And the next day, they cut what's his name? He started and had an unbelievable right. year, undrafted rookie. James Robinson. Yeah. We are also going to talk about the actual draft this year because we had a little podcast before it. Um, with Connor. With Connor. And so they're going to listen to verify if this is accurate or not. Did you predict Greg Newsom or am I making that up? I think I threw JOK and Greg Newsom. Yeah, that sounds right. So you predicted Newsom or you said you wanted JOK and JOK. So basically you could be a GM. That's uh, – that's good to know. Good to know for this podcast. Good to know for our listeners. And hopefully good to know as it applies to fantasy strategy. Uh, before we get into fantasy strategy, what are your thoughts? First off, I hate the preseason, not because it's like not the Browns. I just don't know how to evaluate it at all. Like uh, at The Atlanta game, first off, I don't know who any of these players are other than, you know, the rookies or the the new guys that are actually playing that are trying to prove their spot. Some guy puts up two and a half sacks. I'm like, oh, maybe he's awesome. Boom, they cut him. So it's like, what am I evaluating? I don't know. It's pointless for me. Not necessarily pointless for you with the trained eye. What have your thoughts been on Newsom? What have your thoughts been on JOK? What have your thoughts been on the Browns? What are your thoughts on life? Hit me, Connor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, preseason football, there's, there's not a ton to take away once you get past the first quarter or two. But uh you know, obviously watching JOK, and you kind of saw with the Falcons game, you know, Kyle Pitts has a long run on a short pass against us. That is a grown man. That is yeah. a grown man. He's pretty scary, and I don't, you know, I don't fault the Browns too much for, for giving up a long play there. But, you know, we've always been terrible against the tight end uh, every single year. And so, you know, JOK hopefully starting to shadow these guys and be able to match some of that speed should be incredibly helpful. Um, you know, Newsom, you saw, like, 
it's more important to watch where people are playing and how we're using them versus what they're actually doing in these warm-up games. So, you know, Newsom's like playing in the slot and stuff and, and we're kind of moving him around as a, as a good chess piece, which, you know, if we've got a fully healthy secondary, that's going to make us, I think, pretty, pretty dangerous back there as well. Uh, that's, that's a lot of talent. So he's starting Newsy started. Yeah. 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 I think over greedy, easy, even if yep. he's, you know, Baker's obviously threw an absolute dime that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes makes that throw. Uh, going to be on Sports Center all day long for, you know, every day. Yep. So, um, hey, now uh, I know that, Raleigh, you said you can't take much away from preseason. Sorry to interrupt you, Connor. That was one of the prettiest throws I've seen a Browns quarterback ever throw. We get pretty jacked when a Browns quarterback throws a touchdown regardless of contacts but he threw it in the perfect spot where if hodge rest in peace hodge uh let's pour one out to a guy who played his heart out he's with detroit now. Team this year he's with detroit good for him he threw it in the perfect spot if hodge doesn't catch it nobody catches it uh touch of a surgeon shout out baker yeah. also he's a damn master when having those on-field interviews like if somebody asked me a, a question something i'm knowledgeable about I sound like a dumbass tripping over my words. And he just, like, answered, like, five topics like a symphony. It was almost as impressive as a throw. I don't know how he does it and keep a straight face. But, anyway, shout out QB1. You're not just some not just some fantasy junkie. Everyone's got that friend in their crew who's obsessed with fantasy or does ten leagues every year. You, even in the off season, you said on the first time I had you on this podcast, you're doing a couple fantasy drafts over a cup of coffee 365 days of the year. Correct. So this is something that you like thoroughly enjoy and do your homework on like year round. Yeah, I like to kill time with uh, with the occasional mock draft for sure. Yeah, Whether- and because your brain works like ways that Raleigh and mine does not. Fair. I can't read. <laughs> well, we knew that, but I'm talking like the math numbers part. What I wanted to ask you first, I think going back to the very, very, very basics, can you explain? the couple different types of fantasy leagues. Cause I, people are, that are new to it. They're always like, well, I, someone's doing this PP something draft. Someone's doing this. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got types of scoring for one. And in that you kind of have standard league scoring where it's literally just yards and touchdowns. And there's all kinds of different variations of PPR leagues, which is point per reception. Most leagues I do have a half point per reception. But, you know, it makes certain players that, you know, or maybe are dink and dunk slot guys or, or pass-catching running backs a little more valuable. It's just a little bit of depth in terms of, you know, how many good rosterable players there are. Do you have a preference over a standard versus PPR fantasy league? Those are the two, the two most common, correct? I, some version of PPR all the time. Standard is, is pretty garbage, in my opinion. But good for beginners. <laughs> Listen up, y'all. Yeah. And if you're just trying to show up and sound respectable in fantasy, you can take away this. If somebody asks what you want to do, just say, I want to do PPR. Standard yeah. is garbage. And say it with yeah. confidence. Boom. They won't question yeah. you. I mean, Boom. If you say that in your work league, dude, you're getting promoted up or management quick. Right. And you also just said show up. Shout out Megan and Joe Schilbert, friends of the program, despite being in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's like I want him to have a nice career, but I want his team – to do just terribly. Um, how do you want to say it? Give people the understanding of 
Like, my wife, there was a point where she's like, oh, why don't you draft Patrick Mahomes first? Connor, why don't you draft Patrick Mahomes first? Why do you want a running back versus a receiver, whatever? You know what I'm going with. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. Yeah, so say there's – because I know we've done this before, but people are always like they want to draft their favorite player first or some, you know, the one, two players they know if they're not big football fans. Can you break it down? Say there's ten rounds in this fantasy draft. Can you break down what position you're going to go for nine out of ten times or nine out of ten drafts? Yeah, yeah. I can, round, sorry. Or at least the first few. A little bit of scenario analysis from all my mock drafting. Just kind of here's how things tend to play out and how I would do it. Uh, that being said, you know, this is a game for fun. So if you want to watch Patrick Mahomes and cheer for him every week, like, get your guy. You know, just do the rest of it smart around that. I actually did that yesterday. Did all these mocks. Never took Patrick Mahomes one time. Second round, I just – he was there. I went rogue. I just matched him and, you know. This guy's so, a politician, Raleigh. This guy's yeah, a politician. But, uh, but anyway, so general strategy in a nutshell. You know, I think you need to get running backs early. It thins out very quickly. So most of the time, I would recommend taking a running back in the first and the second round. In particular, I love the second round group of running backs. Guys like Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, just a bunch of guys that are really solid roles. They catch passes, they get red zone work, they get everything that you want to look for there. So uh, if you like the running backs, take two in a row, first and second round. If you only take one, you can kind of fill in the pieces on your second running back. With guys like Mike Davis or Trey Sermon or Javante Williams in the in the kind of sixth seventh round range, uh, receiver is super deep. There's a ton of guys that are going to be really helpful fantasy players. So my general strategy there is from the third to the tenth round. I'm trying to get at least five wide receivers on my roster. When you uh, go quarterback, usually is it change like vary or is it after you're going to go? five rounds of, you know, go running back, running back, three wide receivers, and then get a quarterback in the sixth, seventh? Like, where do you do that? Yeah, so I, I think it's kind of a uh, – you either want to grab a mobile quarterback early, and it's important to have mobile quarterbacks because, you know, you get one point for every 25 passing yards. You get one point for every 10 rushing yards. In a lot of leagues, you get maybe four or five points for a passing touchdown. You get six points for a rushing touchdown. So you get a guy like Kyler Murray who ran for 800 yards and I think 10 touchdowns last year on top of all of his passing stats. And, you know, that's an incredibly helpful piece. So I'm either going mobile quarterback early, so you're looking – and Pat Mahomes isn't that normal, but he might – break the passing touchdown record this year so you know still valuable but Josh Allen Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson Dak Prescott Russell Wilson I'm trying to get one of those guys in maybe the fifth round areas maybe sixth and then uh, if you don't get one of them I kind of like waiting until the very end of the draft take somebody like a Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford and then pair them with Justin Fields once he gets in, he's going to give you that mobile stuff. Yeah, Bull, bullshit. He's not starting for – the Bears will be insane if they, if he plays anywhere in the first half of the season. He's starting against Cleveland. I think he's starting in Cleveland for week four or five, whatever it is. Uh, I mean, 
I don't want to eat my words, but you saw no, I know it, you're not wrong. We've seen it time and time again at Cleveland. It's like you don't want your guy to get Tim couched. You don't want him to get Joe Burrowed season one. We don't have to worry about that anymore. That's in the yeah. past for us. Let them deal with it. Yeah, I know. It's uh I just feel no, really we smart. We gotta remind ourselves this. I feel we smart got- when I say shit like that. Um, gotta, I know I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying we need to remind ourselves that we don't have to look so gloomy back at these things anymore because we have to deal with that shit. I know. We don't get couched. Or, you know, we don't start guys that are twenty eight thinking that they're as rookies, you know, thinking they're automatically gonna be ready. And getting caught underneath American no. flags or a national anthem on T V, all that. <laughs> Connor, I feel like in years past there's been uh you know, pretty unanimous number one draft or number one pick across the board for fantasy leagues this year. I don't think there's that you're not gonna see the same number one in ninety nine percent of drafts, true or false. Uh, I think you're still going to see Christian McCaffrey in, in pretty much every draft. I mean, I, there's one. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this episode to point out that I was very wrong back there in thinking there was no clear, unanimous top fantasy draft player this year, and Connor kindly corrected me. Now it's my turn to hopefully correct you. Are you still using a one-blade razor like it's your grandpa's in the 50s? as lunacy, okay? Are you using the same razor for all parts of your body? That's even worse. Head on over to our pals at Manscaped. Get the Lawnmower 4.0, the latest, greatest, best razor I've ever used in my life, I swear. And it's waterproof, so it lives in my shower. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Are you kidding me? Come on. That's manscaped.com, promo code FANSIDED20 for 20% off and free shipping. Back to the episode we go. Yeah, no way I would take else for him um you know you still have the injury risk obviously but can i ask and this is not brown's homerism why because i'll I'll say derrick henry why would you not pick a chubb or derrick henry like i know christian is been the number one running back when he's healthy for a full season but then you can look at those guys like i mean is the difference so significant between christian down to like a chubb or a kareem hunt and let me jump in on this before you answer that. One of the things you said on one of the previous uh, fantasy episodes, Connor, was the best running backs fantasy wise are always on the high scoring offenses, the high scoring teams. Now, Tennessee, they picked up Julio Jones recently. I think they're going to put numbers on the board where does, I haven't really kept tabs on Carolina too much, but I mean, does McCaffrey getting the ball every other play eh, probably does outweigh being the high-scoring offense? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like tying into what he said about Henry. No, I mean that's a valid point in that you know a Sam Darnold-led offense is obviously not going to be like top end of the league versus you know the Titans with all their weapons with Chubb or Derrick Henry. And I, I mainly talk about this through a. PPR points per reception perspective. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey gets a hundred targets on top of all of his rushing work every year. So in a PPR league, that's an extra, let's say he catches 70 of those balls, you know, that's a ton of extra points you get that Derrick Henry or Chubb just isn't getting, you know, Fair. that may, so that, that's the differentiator there. In a standard league, I think you could, you know, you can look at that a little bit differently. But, and for the record, I'm not like quizzing you or challenging you. I'm legit curious. I don't know how any of this shit works. I am uh, challenging you. <laughs> yeah, Connor, when do you pick a uh, punter or defense? Never a punter. 
<laughs> you pick one up after on like the wire? Yeah. Well, you know, kickers, yes. Punters. Kickers. That's what kickers. Sorry. That's what I meant kicker. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, kicker I take with my last pick every single time. Defense I take with my second to last pick every single time. So um, I actually love the Browns defense late this year. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Was that a knock on wood I heard? Yes, it was. All right, nice. Um, Real quick, for the first round, um, you said there's a lot of depth at wide receiver. The top-tier guys, what do you think? There's five of them that are like the automatic get them if they're on the board ASAP. Do you think five is an accurate number? Like McCaffrey? Uh, Five or six, seven, depending on Saquon Barkley's health. And, and how he looks. So if you're drafting next week and you have a little bit more clarity on that, you know, um, and he looks okay, I'd move him up too. But yeah, it's pretty much McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Derrick Henry. And then I, I don't know that everybody would have Aaron Jones up there, but I, I, I would put Aaron Jones in that category. Question, question about Zeke. So, and I'm going to ask this about Odell too. Zeke yeah. had a horrible year last year. If you look at the past few years, I think he's been kind of declining yards per carry every year he's still a freak I, I please by all means we are big Zeke people all three of us I, we know that what, and I'm going to ask this thing about Odell too Odell's ceiling is best wide receiver in the NFL Zeke's ceiling is best running back in the NFL these guys have the talent to do that we haven't seen that for a while though so are they still getting picked high because their brand is just still high or where do they fall into this pecking order does that make sense yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Zeke, there's obviously name recognition. I like him because he is a good pass catching back. He's tied to a very high-powered offense. And I think last year their line was really banged up, and they had a couple of you know, their studs out for most of the year. And I think they're all back, and their line's going to be good again. So I'm not, I can't say with full confidence that he is not declining as a player, but his situation is so good that uh, it's, it's tough to pass up. And then, you know... I don't think he's ever been known for having this like legendary work ethic or anything. So like, he's kind of a guy that doesn't do a whole lot in the off season and shows up and gets in shape during training camp. And I think with like COVID and all the different things last year, he maybe just wasn't ready for the season when it, when it kicked off. And this year he supposedly showed up like, you know, 15 pounds lighter shredded, you know, ready to go. So um, it's a little bit of buying into some off-season puff pieces and whatnot, but uh, but overall, I, I just think his his surrounding environment is so good. That's fair. So overall system, you look at that, not just the, the player yeah. in the last few years. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Connor. So, quick question back to the first round. Let's say you have your tier. You define the top tier running backs. There's six of them, five of them, whatever. Let's say that you have the eighth pick. Uh, the ninth pick, the sixth pick, whatever, seventh, and those top tier guys are gone. If you're, if you have one of those picks in the league, are you taking the um, Travis Kelsey, or are you taking the best wide receiver available? Uh, when you have a later first round draft pick, do you have a general strategy for that? Yeah, when do tight ends come into the mix for you? Uh, so tight end is is kind of like quarterback with me like so one note on Travis Kelsey 
if you can get him in the late first, I think he's always good at picking up. Like on a per game average last year, he scored seven points more per game than the next highest tight end, which was Darren Waller. And then Darren Waller scored another like five or six points per game above the third highest scoring tight end. So like week in, week out, that's a huge positional advantage and a cushion every single week. So I think if you can like if you can get one of those guys like Kelsey at the end of the first, early second, or Waller at the end of the second, early third. I like those. Uh, outside of them, though, like Kittle in the fourth is probably okay, assuming he stays healthy. Mark Andrews or, or TJ Hawkinson in like the sixth round or so is probably fine. And otherwise, I'm taking tight ends like super late. So what about, let's say, Kelsey's gone he's picked right before you in your the first round of your draft are you staying the course on the next best running back available or are you going for the quote unquote best wide receiver available pretty much the only receiver i would take in the first round is Devonte adams and that's because wow the green bay red zone offense uses him like a running back almost in the early play. And I don't mean they hand him the ball, but they have these short little pass plays that are so automatic. They use them like a three yard run. You know, it's like he is going to get open every single time. He's all, and it, you know, he had 18 touchdowns last year, which is an eh. answer. <laughs> so, um, so he's a guy that like, you know, you kind of just, I, I like the way he gets used close to the goal line. And, uh, but otherwise, no, I'm just, I'm taking, especially if it's late, you can get two of the top, let's call it 12 backs, you know, with, with those first two picks. And I think you're in pretty good shape there. So I know we got you on a time limit here today before you have to go back to, well, you're going to a bachelor party. God bless your soul. Oh, yeah. Dallas. So shout out, Tyler. Before we let you go, yeah, shout out your, the, the bachelor. Yeah. Before we let you go, who are some of the sleeper picks for any team? Like you gave us last year with that Josh Josh Jackson. I'm already forgetting his name because he's close enough. Yeah, yeah. And now we'll go homerism here. Who from the Browns is a solid fantasy addition? We know there's a ton of uh, – there's a difference between a damn good football player and a good fantasy player, correct? You can have both, but you can also have separate. Yes? Yes. Yep. So as far as the Browns go – you know, Nick Chubb's going in the first round. I don't love him as a first-round pick just because back half of the season, he and Kareem Hunt finished, like, back-to-back. It was RB20 and 21 or something like that, like, once they were splitting the workload fully. So I'd way rather take Kareem Hunt in, like, the sixth round where you can get him or so than take Chubb in the first. I just think he's, like, arbitrage kind of value versus him. Uh, and he catches more passes, which again, as we talked about with running backs, is valuable. So I like Hunt at, at his draft position over Chubb. I think Odell Beckham is actually great value this year. People have kind of soured on him because he's had two down years in a row, and he's going in like the sixth or seventh round. And if you get him as your third receiver, you know, Kevin, to your point, he if he's healthy, he's still one of the most talented people in the entire league. So. He doesn't need to be force-fed the ball. If you know, you look at the Cowboys game last year where we we really used him. You know, like that's the kind of upside you're looking at. And if that's your third receiver, that's that's amazing. So, um, 
I'm sorry, I still laugh at that game. I mean, we just... It was like poor, a video game. Those poor those, those poor Cowboys fans. Shout out, Kelsey and Meg. Good God. That was the day after my wedding. That was so awesome. Yeah, that, that was a, a hell of a game. I, I love that one. So um, I was watching that with the Cowboys fan. It's just great. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, well, uh, what's his name? I skied with you guys. Uh, Max, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the yeah. record, skiing in powder, that was brutal. That was like the most inept. Anyway, back on back on point. No, no, you just said skiing in snow is brutal. No, no I said skiing on powder. So, you know, people are always like, oh, fresh pow. I consider myself a above-average skier where I go once every... Maybe 1.5 times a year is probably a pretty good... Nah, 1.2 times a year is a pretty good uh, average. And I'm like, people always talk about the fresh powder. Well, guess what? Fresh powder, when you fall, it's up to your waist. And when you don't have... like, Dude, by the second run, I was just a bowling ball. I couldn't turn. I was just gassed. Like, there was a snowstorm. It was... It was a nightmare, and I'm like, okay, give me the groomed blue runs all day, because that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, more intense than this guy. I mean, it's like, the way I look at it is, I'm out of shape, and I can have a good time skiing. Out of shape skiing in powder is a goddamn nightmare. It'd be tough. Don't want to lose the ski under there, for sure. Any brown sleepers? What about guys like Dearness Johnson? Uh, uh, sleepers Fulton. anywhere. Sleepers anywhere. Yeah, I mean Donovan Peoples Jones, I think, is the obvious Browns sleeper that you know you can target late. He's you know, the hype's out of control on him. Like he's you know obviously got five star, you know, amazing athletic ability. He's all together. He break out. Um, so, yeah, as far as Browns players, those are pretty much... I mean, Jarvis is uh, going to be okay. You know, Baker loves to target him in the middle rounds. Sleepers in general, uh, there's nothing glaring like the James Robinson pick last year. Like that uh, Not was, James Jackson, James Robinson. Uh, there you go. You know, as far as targeting sleepers go, on the running backs, anything early in the draft, I avoid ambiguous backfields where you don't know who the starter is going to be. On the flip side, at the end of drafts, I target the hell out of ambiguous backfields and just hope that I get the guy that emerges as the starter. So, Can you dumb that you know, down teams, for people? Uh, so, yeah, if you have a backfield where you're not really sure who's going to come out of it, like you look at the Rams this year and you've got maybe a timeshare between Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle, or the Jets where there's three guys like Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, or the Ravens now with Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams, Patriots, Damian Harris, James White, uh, Ramondre Stevenson actually looks like he might emerge. So take those backfields. You don't know who it's going to be. Take the cheapest guy at the end of the draft and just hope that he pans out for you is, is essentially how you land on some sleepers late. You know, just take, don't take the most expensive one in there, basically. So um, like a Sony Michelle, a Tevin Coleman, uh, Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson or James White, those types of guys. If somebody, the the starter of, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt on the waiver wire, are you picking up his backup as soon as humanly possible, where their touches will legitimize or 
benefit you. Does that make sense? Like, say a no-name guy, uh, like, if something happened, God forbid, knock on wood, to Hunt and Chubb, like Dearness Johnson, he could put up numbers. Yeah, so Dearness Johnson, I mean, Matrick Felton would probably factor in there too, and you might end up getting a split. So, um, again, it, it's like knowing what kind of role they would play when they're filling it. So, with some backfields, like, you talk about the Panthers last year, McCaffrey goes down, and Mike Davis can catch and run. He took the entire workload, and he, you know, just did a worse version of it than McCaffrey, but, you know, still put up big fantasy numbers for, you know, no cost at all for anybody to pick them up. So, you know, depends, like, on what the capabilities are of the guys behind them, you know. So, like, this year, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard is McCaffrey's backup, and he's, like, a straight-line sprinter type. I don't know if he can catch the ball or not, but, you know. Is that it? Is that one of the names? Is that a sleeper name you're dropping officially? Yeah, I would say so, but more like McCaffrey would have to miss time for him to really pay off. So, you know, um, like last pick in the draft, it's not a kicker defense. He's he's a good guy to just handcuff and hold on to. But, yeah, I would say the the other sleepers are all wide receivers. Uh, There's a bunch of rookie ones that I love. Elijah Moore for the Jets. Rondale Moore for the Cardinals, Terrace Marshall for the Panthers. Um, you know, I think second-year guy Michael Pittman for the Colts could be huge. Write these um, down, folks. Also, very the- underrated pro move that you just went through like half the teams in NFL and named their first, second, third running backs. That was that was very. I I, I noticed that. I applaud that. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed it too. I just tried to avoid. How blatantly I don't know the same stuff. Like, ah, we have a podcast. I can name most of the Browns players. <laughs> Connor, any final thoughts, advice, anything on fantasy? And can you please tell me, explain to me why people do their drafts like middle of the preseason or before the preseason and then freak out when like J.K. Dobbins goes down? Final thought, always do your draft the last weekend of the season for that exact reason. You yes. Know, um, I think People just get antsy. Like, you know, you spend, if you're if you're a huge fantasy nerd like I am, you spend all summer, like, waiting for drafts, and then people just want to get into it. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think people just lose patience to get it started. But, yeah, waiting until the last possible moment when you have all the information available to you is certainly the best. Well, Mr. Connor, thank you for your time. Wish your brother, the groom, Tyler, a happy uh, bachelor party. Yeah, have fun down there for us. Slash marriage, all that good stuff. Um, And go Browns. Can't wait to have you on. Hopefully sometime before the season ends for like a glorious recap versus a, ah, damn it, not again recap. Thanks for having me on. For Raleigh, for Connor, for myself, Thanks for joining us as always. Like, subscribe, leave a note, you know? Good night, Cleveland.
quarterback. Oh, yes, Tim. Couch. Listen up, everybody knows. This is how the story goes. 